Hello and welcome back to New Paradigm Healing. This series focuses on ayahuasca-assisted therapy. Our intention is to educate, inform, and support the conscious and responsible use of ayahuasca in the Western context. If you want to know more about ayahuasca-assisted therapy and our upcoming trainings and workshops, sign up for our mailing list to be the first one to know about the latest news at avatarhealingarts.com. Hello and welcome back to our podcast about ayahuasca-assisted therapy. And we are here today with Libby. I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you, love, for coming and sharing with us. It's just such a pleasure to have, have you here. And we're going to talk about your experience and sharing about your experience, hopefully inspiring, inspiring others today. So big welcome. And uh, I'm here with Casey, who is assisting me in this podcast in the last few episodes. So welcome, Casey. Welcome, Libby. And let's dive in. Awesome. It's good to be here, Libby. It's nice to meet you. The Libby just finished the program with Nina. And so I'm really excited to dig in and talk to her about all of what she learned during this program with Nina. Um, this is an awesome perspective. So thank you so much for joining us. Um, I wanted to dive in with your, um, your journal. You had quoted some things. It was what, about a year ago, Libby, that you went through the program or when you started this, this journey? Yeah, so my initiation was in mid-December of 2019. Um, there was a couple months of prep work that I um, did with Nina before before my um, before I sat with the medicine. Um, so I just you know I just completed my full cycle um, of that assisted therapy and integration process with her. And so some of, of these quotes that, that you had sent, I would love to read from, from your journal, just to give an idea of the state that you were in about a year, a year ago, um, some of the issues mm -hmm. that you were having and what led you to Nina and the medicine and to take this big step, this big journey. So you start by saying the last eight months, I have panic attacks every single Tuesday before and after staff meetings, I have trouble breathing, you're shaky, you're dizzy, nauseous, anxious, and you, you're in a panic. You're not feeling like yourself. You can't even remember how it feels to feel like yourself. You don't know how to stand up because of fear and you don't stop to take a break. You work yourself to death. You, you talk about being in this state, talk about your mindset in, in when you started this journey, when you met Nina, what led you to Nina and kind of your space when you were writing these things. Yeah. So, um, I was actually, I was just living, literally just living in this constant, uh, state of pain. I had very, very, very high levels of pain, um, whether or not we're going to put a label on it whether I was diagnosed um, by a doctor in the Western world with something. Um, and it all just related back to fear and mistrust and uh, just previous conditioning um, of our Western society of just working myself to death, um, really just fighting for survival. I was working seven days a week. My husband was working seven days a week, um, you know, it's good to work hard, um, but with working hard, there also needs to be a balance. And I was just working myself so hard that I didn't know what it was like 
to live without pain. I had become so used to just being in so much excruciating pain that I just ignored these signs that my body was telling me to just back off. It got to a point where I just didn't know how to take a break. And um, I had actually, um, I had actually met Nina during um, a hot yoga teacher training uh, in the fall of 2015. And whether or not I was supposed to become a yoga teacher or not, I still to this day believe that um, I was destined to meet her then. And I had just stayed in contact with her uh, over the next four years. And, um, you know, I just, I think that it was ultimately something that was building and building and building through the yoga, through my life, through my experiences that led me, uh, that led me, always led me back to her. I think that was really interesting. I remember when we started actually the preparation, like you were not 100% if you want to go ahead and actually mm -hmm. do a work with the medicine. We did the therapy because you know, either way, because I needed it. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted it. I needed it. Yeah, was mm -hmm. it was. Uh, I I told her that you know it's your choice and you have to feel into it and you're gonna feel, you know, if if this is your path and it was like how you remember Libby, how was that for you? You know, it was this synchronicities building up before oh you coming and all the timing, tell a little bit about that because that was such an amazing experience. Well, you know, uh, I did have a few synchronicities, um, especially in the six months to a year. And then even in like the final push, like the final two weeks before my opportunity to sit with the medicine, um, there was just a lot of divinity happening, a lot of um, signs, a lot of just, people coming in, crossing my path and just telling me, you know, I, I couldn't even chew and swallow my food. And there were some people that were like, you know, ayahuasca can help you with that. And I was like, oh my gosh, but, um, you know, I, I have the opportunity to do that. Um, Nina, I don't know if that's exactly um, the synchronicities that you, that you were talking about, but um, that we, yeah. we not decided we said that okay if, if if everything flows you're gonna do a ceremony but if not it's okay too you're gonna come down anyways you know to have mm. some in person and and wh what I said was that just be open and signs and guidance will show up and I want right. to remember that you went to your psychiatrist or some of the oh. doctors you work with that was one of the cool things and then that the one. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah so um I actually I had my father passed away when I was 17 years old um it was at you know kind of a turning point in my life like I was about to go to university um you know I I had been this competitive, like big shot swimmer my entire life. And just like my world kind of came crashing down, but I just felt like I had to keep putting one foot in front of the other because that's what society was doing. Um, and at the time in order to do that, I was prescribed to Xanax and that's what the doctors said would help me. Um, and that's also what I believed. And, um, you know, I'm definitely not ashamed to talk about this anymore. Um, 
And so in order for me, you know, to get re-prescribed to Xanax, which is what I thought would help me with pain, which is what I thought would help me um, keep moving forward in life, I was going to a psychiatrist. And um, when I needed to get new psychiatrists in Chicago, I kept having them say, you know, you can't keep taking this stuff, you know, even, you know, the ones in Indiana where I had previously lived, you know, just wrote the script like nothing. The ones in Chicago were like, oh, no way, you need to get off of this. Um, we're, we got to come up with a plan. And that was probably the scariest thing for me was to be living in this state of fear and then to have these doctors tell me, you got to get off of this. This is going to damage your brain. This isn't good for you. And I was so confused. Well, I had a, a doctor. I said, hey, I'm going to go down for this psychotherapy um, with my healer in Mexico. And then she actually said off the record, um, if I had a, the chance to um, try ayahuasca, that that could probably help me um, come off of Xanax and help me with my fear and help me with my panic attacks. And I was like, oh my God, well, I, you know, I think I have the opportunity to do that. And um, that was, I didn't need her to tell me that, but that was one of the, the synchronicities that was like also very, very divine. Um, and, you know, just the universe lining up for me and really making me feel like I was making a good decision. Um, just, I felt like held, I guess, and supported. So um, that was, that was one really, really, really cool synchronicity. Are you in the U.S., Libby? I am in the U.S. Um, That's pretty cool that a doctor in the Western world would recommend ayahuasca. That's really unique. It's really unique. You know, it, it had to be off the record. Um, I'm no longer her patient anymore. And, um, you know, I have told her that if she ever wanted to, to know a little bit more about it, that um, I'd love to also have a talk with her and maybe I could send her uh, this podcast <laughs> when it's all done. <laughs> that's awesome. That's, yeah. that's wonderful. So I just uh, wanted to emphasize this point, you know, to our listeners that a lot of preparation went into this, you know, it wasn't that she showed up, you know, for a ceremony that we scheduled like 24 hours before. <laughs> It was months of therapy and then this external guidance and the synchronicities and the timing and everything all coming together. But I want to ask you, Libby, that, you know, beyond all of these things, because you did a lot of healing work, alternative and also Western medicine and medications for many, many years. So can you pinpoint what was exactly, you know, that that made you decide, OK, this is my path and I'm really this. I believe that this is going to help me. Oh, well, the breaking point for me um, was, you know, when I was in so much pain and I also was going through a, a place where I couldn't chew and swallow food, that was the moment when I just knew that I needed to do something different, that the path that I was on was not sustainable and that I could not keep living my life in that way. Um, like we just talked about, I, I took the leap. I got on the plane um, with all the preparation that I needed, but I still just wasn't quite 
sure if I um, was ready for something like as powerful and amazing as ayahuasca. Um, but it was really that moment when I, I got in the car with the driver that took me to the place and I was like, this is happening. And when we were sitting in the circle, you know, I felt like that was where I was supposed to be. And I knew that something really amazing, not was about to happen, but was already happening. Um, and that it was just gonna keep getting better from there. And that I had someone, I had, I had a handful of people in my life, my husband, Nina, um, that were going to hold me accountable for this, then um, that was very important to me as well, knowing that. <laughs> awesome. Um, is that okay, love, if, if uh, we read your personal prayer for the ceremony? Can we share that? That was such a beautiful prayer. And we talked about this in previous episode that um, during the preparation uh, you write your personal prayer or what would you like to get out of this experience? So Casey, would you mind reading that part for sure, us? I'd love to. Dear mother, thank you for inviting me to meet you today. It's with the utmost gratitude that I come before you with complete surrender to your power and knowledge. I ask for your guidance to show me what forgiveness and all encompassing love feels like. Please help me to find balance bring healing into my body, let go, clear my mind, think positively, follow my heart, trust myself to act and speak my truth. Help me to connect all parts of being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. Please help me to love and forgive myself and to find my higher purpose in this life. Show me how I can be in service fearlessly and creatively to this world. Thank you. I command all my power into the power of the universe to support me. So be it, so it is. Blessings on myself and my path. Um, talk about this prayer and how you came up with this. That was really beautiful, Libby. Well, you know, um, I came up with that. Like I, um, one of my gifts is that I can, you know, write really well. I write from the heart. Um, and when something's right with me, it just flows. Um, so that's just, I actually wrote that the night before I went and that's just really how I felt. And I do remember um, actually reciting that, um, you know, during my, my initiation ceremony. And, um, you know, that's, that's really just everything, <laughs> everything that I, that I asked for. That was everything that I was kind of, I don't necessarily want to say missing, but not fully able to uh, enact on in my life or um, that's the balance that I needed to bring back into my life. Um, so that's where that prayer came from. And how do you feel now a year and a half later? Um, do you feel that this prayer was fulfilled and you, did you receive all these things that you were asking for? I do, I do feel that. And when I ever, whenever I feel um, you know, a little out of balance or out of whack, I actually do kind of think back to my prayer and remember what my intention was and pretty much just my awareness pretty much just comes right back to that. So, um, this is all just something that I keep, um, you know, it's just a cycle. It just keeps going and building, um, 
positively. And it's all about awareness and the awareness that I gained um, through this process, through this healing um, journey. So to answer your question, it's yes. And um, I also just believe that it is going to like just exponentially get better and better as I keep as I keep living my life and I keep going. So you talked about um, December 13th, 2020, you died and mm-hmm. you were reborn. And um, it really stood out to me um, that this integration in the past year has been the best year of your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can totally relate to that, but explain kind of that and where you are now and, um, and that little piece that you sent. Sure. Um, so, you know, wow. (laughs) So the ceremony itself, um, there was a lot of energy involved in that ceremony. It's something that I will never forget. Um, and there was a lot of joy, a lot of pain, a lot of, you know, everything in that couple hours. And, um, like we've said, that was the initiation. That was just the beginning the real work, it starts just right after that. And there were some times of darkness, which you can expect. And there was also just like massive amounts of light. Um, you know, I did receive a lot of gifts. Um, some that at the time I never thought, <laughs> I never thought they were going to be gifts. You know, um, I was like given an exit to my uh, previous job. And because of that exit, um, you know, I was able to to start other things, to start other projects um, with, you know, with this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, my husband uh, started working from home. And so, you know, like I said a few minutes ago, having that extra support and having this person that we are just such a team, um, having him by my side to help me heal through this was, oh my gosh, I just, I can't even explain how blessed and lucky I was to, to have him and um, be in this little cocoon um, throughout those months that we were on the stay at home order in Chicago, Illinois. Um, Like we, we just had this peaceful um, little tiny studio apartment. Um, it was like a little cave with all this chaos outside and um, really just nothing could touch me. Um, additionally, I was able to um, make a huge move out to um, sunny Arizona. And, um, you know, I went from this like massive concrete jungle, which really also wasn't um, conducive or sustainable to the life that I wanted to live. And now I'm just living in the middle of the desert and it's very, very healing and very therapeutic. There's sun shining everywhere. I have windows, I have sunlight. Um, And without, without finally taking the steps to, to heal this way, to, um, to start, um, really looking at these things in my life I don't think that I would have ever stopped and um you know (laughs) had the had the courage to come out here um or thought it was even possible so that's part of the reason why it was the best year of my life 2020. (laughs) How's your relationship with your husband 
since all of this have that has that gotten stronger and yeah so I'll tell you what um we met in Berlin Germany um we were both studying abroad uh we've always just loved being in small spaces together like we're like barnacles to each other um and so we've never had an issue with our relationship and every time we just get closer and closer and our bond is even stronger you I feel like it couldn't get any stronger than it is um so it's definitely not something we needed to work on um but it's just like at this explosive level um of amazingness so um yes <laughs> and it's so important you know to have support apart from therapy and professional help to have you know a tribe family friendships and and uh, like-minded people who, who yeah. can support you because this is this is really a major uh, aspect of the integration i i yes. would like uh, if you would talk a little bit about the pain, because I think a lot of people mm -hmm. can relate to being in physical pain, chronic pain. And how do you think that what helped you with your journey to deal with the root? What do you think the root issue was that was causing the pain? And how did you manage to, to let that go and, and have this pain disappear from your body? And, and how are you, you know, how are you feeling right now in your body as, as a result of that? Yeah, so um, one of the biggest tools that helped me the most was um, actually before, now this didn't help me so much at the time, but um, before the um, initiation, so the, the preparation work, um, I started to um, track my pain in a journal and then relate them to my emotions or feelings or what was happening? What was I doing? What were my activities? Um, and then that brought into my awareness, like, oh, maybe I was, or probably I was working too hard or pushing myself too hard. Um, and the very, the most common, the most common denominator was fear and anxiety. Um, I, I was diagnosed with, uh, in the Western world with uh, reflex sympathetic dystrophy syndrome um, which is chronic pain. Um, so a huge, long explanation, but it, it's ultimately chronic pain. Um, no cure, blah, 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 uh, all those things. Um, but there, there is a cure and the cure is awareness and, um, <laughs> the cure is awareness <laughs> and breath and, um, and that awareness helped you to, to, create a different behavior that helped you to release that pain? Yes, so that awareness helped me to create different behavioral patterns and also different thought patterns. So um, I deconstructed all of my um, prior conditioning. Um, like I said, I was a competitive swimmer from the age of three. Um, I would swim very, very, very long hours. Um, I was very, uh, very militant, had a pretty militant personality, almost type A, not quite, <laughs> borderline type A. Um, there was always that like free spirit, just like itching, like trying to get out. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, that awareness really helped me, you know, if I start feeling any pain, I 
I've learned now to just take a step back. You know, it's, it's a warning sign. Like no one should ever have to live in chronic pain. Um, and no one should also have a doctor tell them that there's no cure. No one should, no one should ever have to accept that. And I think that it was, um, that was also something that made it worth um, trying this to step into this journey was, you know, having doctors just say like, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing we can do besides give you pills. Um, and even that won't work. It's, it's, you know, changing the behavior. And I think this is, you touched on such an important point in terms of pain as a signal from your body to stop, yeah. to take a step, to take a breath, to tune in, listen in, listen what, what your body needs, what you need in that moment. And as you said, you know, we are conditioned. And in your case, you were even more conditioned as a competitive athlete just to push through the pain. That was your default yeah. behavior when I met you. If you were pain, you went to the class, you know? <laughs> yes, you just, that was my default. Yeah. The practice is quite a strenuous practice. And I remember we having that conversation that you were like that's not strenuous and I looked up the strenuous definition you know the definition of internet you know and which category the hot yoga is and it was categorized as a strenuous exercise you know <laughs> so your perception was yes. completely different and 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 your automatic behavior was to do more and push through and, and this just escalated the pain. And once you become aware of this and started to stop and relax and rest, you know, and listen more into yourself, then what happened then? Tell us. <laughs> then my pain, definitely it, it subsided to the point where it, it pretty much did, did dissolve. Um, and that was because I learned how to trust myself. Um, to trust myself to learn how to relax, to practice other things. Like, you know, I like to challenge myself. So if all these things like um, strenuous things and things that may or may not have caused me pain came so easily, why don't I try to challenge myself um, to relax? And the more I practiced, the more awareness I gained and, um, you know, the more I started to get it, the more I started to um, realize what that balance was and how to apply that balance um, into my life. And it really, it's, it's a lot for me, for me, at least it's a lot about my thought patterns and my feelings and emotions and my perception, my perspective of different things. Um, it's a choice, it's a choice, but like I said, the more you practice those choices and the more aware you are of your awareness <laughs> it's just it um it really starts falling into place absolutely another huge uh, i think uh, change was for you coming off from xanax uh, during this whole journey and again just as you mentioned earlier a lot of people put on these types of medication long term that mm -hmm. has many side effects and even you know, some doctors are aware of this or recommend it not to take it, but uh, you know, it's not, not so easy to, to uh, come off of these medications when somebody's you know, used to it and for many, many years. So how was your experience 
with that and how does this process and the medicine and everything help you to to do that yeah so pretty much what made this um coming off of off of a drug like xanax for me was finally having it be in my control it was something that i finally made the decision like i want to do this instead of having um instead of it being on someone else's terms and the awareness that the ayahuasca and my, um, my integration, my assisted therapy helped me um, was with that awareness. Also, you know, it, it's all, it's all one, it's all one thing. It's all one. Um, <laughs> it, um, it's, it was, uh, it was almost kind of like the same thing with the pain tracking it. I was like, okay, if I learned how to be out of pain, then I really don't need the Xanax, right? Because I was using the Xanax to not be in pain. So, um, you know, I think if I was brave enough to go on this journey um, and learn all these tools that I really have the power within me to, to just do it. And um, I did. <laughs> um, why I asked this question because that's what I wanted you to share that you came to this realization that you are the healer and you don't need neither the pill neither you know the pain you know and you can you can you trusted yourself you had the awareness that you have the ability to heal and to change your behavior to change your life and you trusted this you know uh, in this case when you took this other step and you recognize this is you know just a different way of taking your power back and trusting yourself and applying your wisdom and knowledge you know in in a way that 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 you desire yes exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> what kinds of things yes. have you done you said you used to work 7 days a week and like when you started to slow down and all of that what types of things have you done that have helped you take time for yourself and, and make those shifts. Yeah. So this is also something pretty interesting. Um, I have a whole new, you know, before I started this, I, I've always loved foods. Um, I've always loved food. It's just that, um, not only can I chew and swallow again, you know, no problem, but I also have a different relationship with food. Um, I actually, uh, with, the stay at home order, um, I really started uh, cooking a lot <laughs> for myself, for my family, um, taking this role on, but also like, it's also like a hobby um, to me now. Um, so that's something, um, cooking, baking, um, these pretty awesome recipes that I, I really enjoy, um, you know, just taking care of myself in that way and also just taking care of my family as well in that way. Um, I am still practicing yoga. <laughs> I'm pretty much always, I think, going to practice yoga. Um, that was a huge unveiling for me. Um, you know, I think what helped me start this whole process was actually yoga asana um, five, oh, six years ago um, was when I really started practicing yoga asana. And um, yeah, so here, <laughs> here I am <laughs> yeah um can I read uh, just uh, something about the one year when we finished the integration mm -hmm. it were yes, some of course. 
um, a year ago I died and was reborn. Wow. I can't even explain how grateful I am for the ayahuasca and for Nina for sharing her guiding light for me and helping me to find the healer in myself. The last year, this year of integration was the best year of my life. I found freedom in my body, mind and spirit. I have zero anxiety and my life is beyond great. I trust myself and the universe. I have the awareness and the ability to choose happiness always. This cannot ever be taken away from me. The power within me is burning bright. I am the actual phoenix rising. It's so symbolic, I love that. I have the phoenix too. <laughs> my heart flutters with joy. I affirm this through my reality. Every single day I am happy and I am in the flow. I am thankful for the awareness of myself as the healer, as the creator of my life. So uh, this is so beautiful. And I think it's such a good summary, you know, of, of how you, of the point, you know, that you came to and the whole transformation. Um, and I think what, what most people experience when they go through this type of healing journey is to come in a state of victimhood and powerlessness and hopelessness to this state of confidence, trust and empowerment and the awareness that you have this power and you have choices in, and, and you can create you know, what you desire. So um, is there anything you would like to add Libby that's something that you think that um, your message to the world, to the people oh, yeah. who, who are listening? <laughs> Well, I absolutely agree with what I just, with, with what you just read <laughs> that I said. Um, that's just, that's very absolute. Uh, wow. Um, yeah, you know, um, the biggest thing, um, you know, I used to kind of like almost be offended or something by like being called a victim. Um, but like, but don't be offended by that, um, you know, something that Nina really helped me understand and really just helped me also was that I was like, I was ignorant. I, I didn't know any better. And that's also because of, because of my conditioning, I, I came looking for help. I came looking how to restore my power to restore myself. And um, there's nothing wrong with being a victim, but if you want to help yourself, um, I really encourage you to, to just bravely move forward, um, with this direction. Um, it was the best thing that I could have ever done for myself. It, it truly saved my life. There's just no way I could have kept living the way I was living. I'm so grateful that, um, you know, I was 29, um, years young when I, when I got to do this, um, I'm 30 years old now. And, um, you know, I feel like, I feel like I was so lucky to have experienced um, this at, at such a young age, because I was able to become aware, um, learn from my ignorance. Um, and uh, that was really, that was really important to me. And like I said, I just, I want to give anyone who's really thinking about it to, to reach out to, to someone like Nina, 
to learn more about it. Um, if you have any questions, it's, it's worth just talking about with her. Um, and, you know, sending you love, sending you um, everything you need, um, because you have the ability to be your healer. That's what all humans are supposed to be. We're supposed to be in charge of our lives. Um, and it sounds so like stereotypical, but I think that's also because of like, what society is trying to make culturally normal right now. Um, but yeah, stand against, stand against that and move forward with your life, move forward with your life and take your power back because it's just so important. <laughs> oh, thank you. Awesome. Oh, to that sister, what beautiful words. I'm so honored and grateful to walk this journey with you and to witness your rising as a phoenix from the really from the ashes. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. yeah such an honor and privilege and, and thank you for coming and sharing yourself with the world you know and with our mm -hmm. listeners yes and thank yeah. you for yeah, being thank here. you Lizzie yeah I think that the uh, the audience listening to this you got you gave some very valuable information and thank you for your bravery and your honesty um you are amazing so I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you and having the pleasure of learning your story and getting to know you a little bit more Thanks, Casey, and thank you, Nina. <laughs> thank you, and this was a pleasure. <laughs> love to our audience from all three of us, sending lots of love to you wherever you are on the earth. And uh, yeah, remember that you are the healer, and love is the medicine. And stay tuned for our next episode. <laughs>